1: Alright, are you ready? Because we're about to launch into the next season in our study. The next part of our journey, we are journeying through the New Testament. And today, I want us to take just a brief overview, if we may, to chart a course through the New Testament Scriptures. Now we know that there are 27 books in our New Testament. I hope you'll get very familiar with your Bible. I know not only the books of the Bible, but the spelling and the order of it. It'll help you. It'll help you as you study. It'll help you as you show the Scriptures to other people. And so a simple overview of the New Testament and follow this pattern. There are four Gospel records. I think it's really improper to call them the four Gospels because really there's only one Gospel. The Gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And basically, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you simply have four records of the same Gospel. So you have four vantage points of the same person which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you have what might be called the fifth gospel record. Uh, it's the book of the continuing Christ, and that's the book of Acts. It really stands alone as a book of history. Uh, it's interesting, but the first four books of the New Testament give you the history of Christ during His life and ministry. And then the book of Acts gives you the history of Christ's church, or the extension of His body, the work of the Holy Spirit of Christ, in this world in the early stages of the New Testament church. Now that lays a foundation then for the next nine books. And the next nine books beginning with the book of Romans are what we would refer to as the Christian church epistles. These are simply letters that are written by the Apostle Paul to individual Christian churches. To believers, young believers, and newly established congregations scattered everywhere who are trying to understand now what it means to be true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're powerful. Then, after the nine Christian church epistles, you have four personal epistles. We call them personal because these are not addressed to large groups of people or congregations. They literally are addressed to individuals. So you have 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. The first three of them are really pastoral in nature because Timothy and Titus were young pastors. Philemon was not a pastor, uh, but it is still a personal letter, and we'll come to that soon enough, and I'm so excited to study it with you. Then there are eight Hebrew Christian church epistles. And so, picking up with the book of Hebrews, that's easy to remember, uh, through the rest of the epistles or the rest of the letters of the New Testament, through the book of Jude, are written primarily to Jewish believers. These are people who had come out of Judaism to become true followers of Jesus Christ the Messiah, and they're scattered, by and large, in many different places, trying to serve the Lord. These are Hebrew Christians, and so there are definite letters written to them. Now the beautiful thing, let me hastily say this, though they may address individual groups or individuals, and you may say, well that's not me, I don't fall in that category, I'll remind you that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And so all of it may not have been written to you, but it was all written for you, and we need it all. And then the capstone, the climax, the great crescendo of the New Testament is the last book, the 27th book, which is very appropriately the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it brings me to the point that I want to make to you today, and that is that the New Testament is not about events, it's not about places, it's not about individuals, it's not even simply about doctrinal truths. It is primarily about the person of Jesus Christ. You see, as you studied the Old Testament, it's very plain that its major function is as a pointer to something and to someone that was yet to come. It's it's not the finished revelation. I remember years ago, walking across the campus at the University of Tennessee, witnessing to a young man, talking to him about the Lord, trying to find a, a starting point. And I said to this young man, Do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God? his immediate response to me was, well, the Old Testament. I found out very quickly uh, that he was a practicing Jew that believed the Old Testament scriptures but could not accept the New Testament scriptures. Oh, my friend, the Old Testament and New Testament fit perfectly together. Uh, They're not competitors, they are completers. And while I certainly believe that, I think it'd be more accurate to say it's not the New Testament itself that completes the Old Testament, it is the Christ of the New Testament. He is the completer. Every section of the Old Testament that we've studied seems to cry out for Christ. Look at the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. And they're good, wonderful, rich, but yet in some ways unexplained. Help me understand why we have to have this law and what's it leading to. And then study those 12 historical books. And while there's great victories there, it seems that the story is not complete. And so they cry out, unachieved. Something yet is missing. Read the poetic books, the heart books, uh, right in the heart of the Old Testament, and still something seems to cry out for more. The questions of Job and the heartache of Solomon and the word that comes to my mind is unappeased. And then read the prophetic books, And they they tell about something that is yet to come and someone that is yet to come. And the word there is unfulfilled. Think of the Old Testament this way. Unexplained, unachieved, unappeased, and unfulfilled without the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, friend, the Pentateuch points to Christ. The historical books point to Christ. The poetic books point to Christ. The prophetic books point to Christ. Every section cries out for Christ because every soul cries out for Christ. That's why the great finale of the New Testament is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so I think it's wonderful that when you begin studying in the New Testament, the very first book, the book of Matthew, twelve times uses this phrase that it might be fulfilled. Mark chapter 1, verse 15 says, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. And Luke chimes in, Luke 4:21, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And then John says, John chapter 1, verse 41, we found Him. Who? The Messiah. And again, in chapter 1, verse 45, we found Him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth. And on and on, each New Testament book shows to us the fulfillment of the Old Testament. The same one who fulfilled the Old Testament friend is going to fulfill all the prophecies of the New Testament as well because it's all about the person of Jesus Christ. There are 27 books in the New Testament, 260 chapters, 7,959 verses. Can you imagine that? And one great purpose, and that one great purpose is to reveal the purpose and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am so excited about studying the New Testament Scriptures with you. Now remember, the word testament is the same as covenant. And so in the Old Testament, they were operating under an old covenant when you come to the New Testament, Jesus Christ brings us into a new covenant. And could I give you just a little hint, just a foretaste? It's not a covenant between me and God. It is a covenant between God the Father and God the Son. And we get in on it. You see, my friend, this is not a covenant that will be broken because this is a covenant between God and God. This is a covenant between God the Father And God the Son who paid the full penalty for our sin. And all who come to Jesus Christ in repentance and faith enter into this new covenant. Which means that all the realities that are found in the New Testament are for us. And the great message is not just to to know God. Uh, in some general way or to, to serve Him out of fear. No, it is to draw near in love and in full assurance. It is to know Him intimately and personally. It is not simply to have God around you or with you or on you. It is rather to have Christ in you. And that's the great message of the New Testament. And as we journey through it over these next few weeks, I hope you'll do more than simply come to know the New Testament better. I hope you'll come to know the Christ of the New Testament in a greater way than ever before. And I hope as you do, you'll enjoy the journey.
0: Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible? The facts, the people, the places. But instead, the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.